0: On blast. this is ball on blast part of the on blast podcast network available on itunes spotify soundcloud and youtube if you like it then subscribe and tell your friends holla blast.
1: thank you thank you thank you far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the ball on blast podcast as always i'm joined by my guy andrew webster webby what is good
0: I have a big old brain because I believe that I called the Lakers in six in the NBA Finals. I also believe at the beginning of the bubble, I said that the Lakers were going to win the NBA championship. And going back even further to the beginning of the season, before COVID, before we even knew what a novel coronavirus was, I said that the Lakers were going to be the NBA champions of the 2019-2020 season, and LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a cast of misfit toys got it <laughs> done. Got it done. I mean, Shelly, we were talking about, you know, obviously the Lakers had the the first best player and the second best player. And then after that, it was pretty much the Heat. But what we found out is when you're first. Uh, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jimmy Butler was the second best player in this series. Jimmy Butler might have been the first best player in this series.
0: Whoa, whoa, like, hold on.
1: Like, I'm hold just on. saying
0: before the final
1: started. Oh, okay, okay. okay when okay. we were okay. looking at. All right, who- all right. Okay. Sorry, I'm before- getting I'm getting antsy to debate and, and, and I know, you know <laughs> I defend know my guy Jimmy buckets here. So you know you hit a spot, but I'll let you go. I, my apologies.
0: When we, when we were looking at when we were looking at the best players coming into this series the lakers had the best two mm-hmm. 3 to 7 were probably the heat but what okay. we found out is when the best two players are lebron james and anthony davis doesn't
1: matter who your third best player is. <laughs> it really doesn't i mean it's tough right this this series let's let's be honest one of the things that i'm super i don't want to say cuz history history's not going to remember this finals for what it really could have been and should have been. Right. Right. The injuries
0: were tough. Bam and Goran Dragic. We talked about them in the last pod, about how important they were to the Heat.
1: Yeah, right. And like Goran Dragic, even I feel like a lot of basketball fans or people who talk about basketball even wouldn't really be able to understand how important Goran Dragic was to the Miami Heat operation, right? They might know he's their starting point guard. They might know that he was playing well for them in the bubble, but they don't. But to actually understand that and comprehend what losing Goran Dragic in that series meant, like we talked about it. We knew the series was pretty much over after that happened. The fact it even got to six, there's no moral victories in the NBA finals, but definitely the Heat aren't walking out, hanging their head, or at least they shouldn't be in the situation. After game
0: five, after game five, especially what Jimmy did in game five, what the whole Heat team did in that game was unbelievable. And that should be their kind of calling card for the next season, is that if we can play that well as we did in that game, being as shorthanded as we were, mm-hmm. sky's the limit.
1: And you know what? It's funny you mentioned that too, just because the way that I look at that series or this series, it's like obviously Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, have name recognition. You're always going to look back and, you know, Raptors fans, hey, we're on board with the championship. We know you have to win the championship. The fact that KD wasn't there, nothing you could do about it. Every year, as we talked about last year with the Raptors, every year or – no, I'm going to stick with that. Every year there's going to be injuries along the way that affect a matchup in the playoffs. So just the way the playoffs work. I guess the point I'm trying to make, though, is – History, when we look back on it, we're not going to look back at the 2020 NBA Finals and no. be like, you know what? If Goran Dragic and Bam <laughs> right. <at a> bio <laughs> were in this series, maybe it could have been a little different.
0: No, That's kind of just at, all
1: the, the point I'm making there. But we're going to look at 30, that,
0: we're going to look at 30, 12 and eight and a half from LeBron James. That's what we're going to look at in the finals.
1: And hey, rightfully so, right? Le- LeBron did what he needed to do. And I was watching that game and all I kept thinking about was remember Pat Beverly's tweet early on before, like when the argument was, or the debate, let's say was still going on about going to the bubble. And he said, if the King says we're going, then we're We're going.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, this was a whole reason why, right? Like LeBron knows there's only a certain amount of years left that he has to make this move, to try to say, Hey, I need to add to my ring collection And so he really wanted this season to take place for obvious reasons. So there's a level of pressure that was on him to win that not many other players, you know what I mean? Like the stakes weren't as high for many other players than LeBron. I don't even know if it was close, right? Like the Clippers not winning. It's not the same, uh, Obviously and the your bus. boy Giannis, right? Yeah. Your boy Giannis losing. It's not the same. Like the stakes for LeBron James at this point are more than any other player in the league in terms of if this season were to happen or not.
0: Well listen, we did get an unattended Kumpo brother with a ring, though.
1: Yo, is JaVale McGee really the one to be out here trolling Giannis though? Did you like,
0: see Giannis? Did you see Giannis's post too today? No, where was like, I didn't see that. Uh, He's like, this Halloween, I got to dress up my brother because it's the closest I'm going to get to winning an NBA championship.
1: Wow. I didn't see that. I like that. I like that he's having fun with it. Same, same, same. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It was just a really cool series. And despite the injuries, because, hey, again, no moral victories, no excuses. It's big boy time. It's the NBA finals. I was just happy that we were entertained. Once the injuries went down, everyone's talking Sweep City. Everyone's talking maybe the gentleman Sweep in five. But I was thoroughly entertained by this NBA Finals. And I know the last game being a blowout in the way that it was doesn't lead to that. But overall, Webby, would you agree? Were you entertained by this series?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I brought it up before. I thought game five was like one of the better finals games. Like the game one of... Uh, the finals with LeBron and the Warriors the year before uh, the Raptors. That's one of the best finals games, obviously game seven with the Cavs and the Warriors. These are like unbelievable game six with the heat and the Spurs and the shot. Like these are amazing back and forth games that we've had in the finals. And I think that game five is going to go down in the annals of history as being one of the better finals games, of the last decade you know 20 years now the other reason that this series was so entertaining even though it was kind of a blowout and a six-game win for the lakers is i'm just gonna let you cook here is that jimmy butler like took took a step up a level that we haven't seen it's like we see it a lot in college when guys will come in and have an amazing tournament and then it will draft bump their draft stock up way high. It's like <laughs> what Jimmy did over the last two, three rounds, like when the playoffs started, this guy went from, you know, oh, he's a top 20 player in the NBA, to now you legitimately have to say he's like uh, at top seven right now in the NBA. And, and, Amen. and the Sixers chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. This is what it's going to keep coming down to is that Elton Brand and the ownership went with Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. And that's all I kept thinking about watching game two and game five. It's like this guy is pouring his heart out. He's literally exhausted, but he has the win in his hands. He's going to do everything humanly possible to win this game in the face of insurmountable odds and does it. And we have Tobias Harris.
1: It's insane when you think about it, right? And I couldn't imagine being a Sixers fan watching that series. So I feel that for you, Webby, because here's the thing.
0: bro. He
1: had a 40-point game. He had one three-pointer. Yeah, but, but how many people have gone toe-to-toe against LeBron and arguably put up better numbers than LeBron in any series, much less in the NBA Finals? Right. Like, have we ever seen that? And when you say Jimmy Butler from now on, no matter what, my guy went at LeBron in the finals, put up 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds on 70% shooting, right? In a game against LeBron James while guarding LeBron James. That's the other part, right? So the performance that Jimmy Butler put up, as you mentioned, in what was it, games three and five?
0: Uh, Two and five. I think two, he had 40 the 40 no No, maybe it was three three game three yeah yeah
1: right and it's just insane when you think about it because again game five as you brought up 35 12 and 11 for jimmy and five steals just because why not right it's insane and it's very rare to see someone again go head to head against lebron james in an nba finals like that i guess it's kd yeah. KD was the only one, and it wasn't really a fair fight for LeBron because Katie also had Stephen Clay by his side, right? So what Jimmy Butler did was incredible. You talked about him moving up a level and just thinking about what it means in terms of I think it was a great lesson in terms of the difference between stats and eye test. Because stats would tell you Jimmy Butler's not supposed to be out here. Getting 40 points and not shooting any threes, right? Uh, like, that's counter to everything on, that happens in basketball.
0: Uh, on, like, the worst shot in basketball, or a guy that his size shouldn't be getting in into the paint and dominating like he was. I mean, nobody yeah. could stop him when he got within five feet. His like
1: little soft touches around the rim were unbelievable. It was also a great LeBron James impression because it reminded me a lot of LeBron in Cleveland and a lot of the LeBron in Cleveland minus Kyrie in terms of just controlling the whole game. Yeah. And last year, if you listen to the pod a lot, we talked about Kawhi and how he was able to pace himself and manage the game, pick his spots when he was going to go on personal runs. I thought Jimmy Butler did a great job of that. And I think there's, there's a, you know, when you're talking about greatness, and you're 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 splitting hairs in terms of the levels from good to great or all star to superstar and all those things one of those things when you're ticking boxes going up those levels is can you control a game like that and jimmy playing i mean you you go down from game 2 my guy played 45 minutes 45 minutes 43 minutes 47 minutes and then 45 minutes and Again, it's crazy. you're running every single offensive play and guarding LeBron James. That's insane. But it also goes to show heat culture. Because heat culture, if you're saying Jimmy Butler got a big boost in this bubble, I think heat culture also got a big boost. Everything they talk about, right? The training program, the endurance, the weights, all these things that they talk about in terms of building up your body to handle the rigors of a long playoff run. It was shown there because Jimmy Butler pushed that to the limits. And I'll always remember that shot of him just hunched over Yeah, game five. Like, man, that's going to live forever. That's like one of the one shining moment, (laughs) you know, (laughs) makes a montage for sure. Just a great performance by Jimmy.
0: It's that and it's the LeBron lying down, FaceTiming his mom. Those are the two... Those are the two pictures that I'm going to remember. That and the LeBron after the uh, Western Conference Finals, too, just sitting on the court by himself. They're going to remember that as well.
1: It was absolutely just incredible to see. And if you're the Miami Heat, you look at that, and everybody, you know, I think we said this on the last pod, but I got to reiterate it. There's a lot of motherfuckers that owe Jimmy Butler an apology because there are a lot of people. And if you just search Twitter or you search people's takes, you search people's opinions. There are a lot of people out here siding, siding with Wiggins and cat over Jimmy Butler. I was going to say, there's a lot
0: of people who think that, think that thought not think anymore. They thought (laughs) that Carl Anthony towns could do half of what Jimmy Butler just did. And there's no chance, man, no chance. And now everybody's got to go back check their receipts because there was a lot of people saying that Jimmy Butler was in the wrong for what happened in Minnesota. When honestly, you look back at that and you look at what happened in Philly and, and you're like, Oh, it's like Jimmy Butler's smarter than we all thought because he was right on both occasions. He was right on both occasions to get out of those situations.
1: Here's the thing that we forget, right? Young buck, Jimmy Butler. Where did he get his start? In Chicago oh, with yeah, guys yeah. like Joe Kim Noah, yeah. uh, uh Luol Luol Deng, Dang, like great, great vets, yeah, in terms of those guys aren't taking possessions off, those guys aren't taking games off. Those guys are busting their ass, possession by possession, playing hard, grinding it out, and they're accountable every single day. So when you come up in a culture like that, and then you end up going to another place where, and of course, add in just Jimmy's story himself where he grinded out everything, right? There's stories about him being homeless. There's stories yeah. about, you know, where it's quoted as, and I'm paraphrasing, but if you if you want, you can look up the story about Jimmy alluding to the fact that he got kicked out of his house because his mom thought he wasn't good looking enough. Like the stories are out there to, to let you know what this man has been through in his life. To get to where he got to, faxing his letter of intent from a McDonald's. Like, yeah. so you have that, you get to the league, you're taught how to work hard by guys like Noah and Luwel Dang, great vets like that. Tibeteau. Then Thibodeau, of course. Then you go to the T Wolves and you see two young Bucks who were McDonald's All Americans get into the league for both number one picks both given everything right away, given max deals. And he's kind of like, wait a second here. And because of this new age NBA, where we look at things and people get gassed before they put in the work, Exactly, there are a lot of people questioning what Jimmy Butler was doing when he's saying, Hey, I'm going to come out here with, the the five end of the bench guys and I'm going to go gonna get gonna the starters the and we're going to wipe the floor with you guys and if we go back to that he's screaming to the coach and to the GM and president he's like these are your guys these are your guys so it was just a great lesson learned and the Philly thing is interesting too because we know the problems within their locker room you could obviously speak to that more than me as, as a Philly fan someone following that but Getting to Miami, it's a perfect match made just with culture, style, fit, and it it was great to see, but I feel like it's a basketball nerd thing, right? Like, we appreciate that more as basketball nerds, being able to see that grind, knowing the full story of Jimmy Butler And knowing the heat culture story to know of Bam at a bio and to know where Duncan Robinson came from, to know Tyler Hero's story, to know Kendrick Nunn's story, right? Udonis Haslam, the OG still Still, there on the bench. Still being on
0: the active roster, which is crazy.
1: Absolutely crazy. And it's, it's like LeBron is the big winner of the bubble, obviously LeBron and the Lakers, but heat culture and Jimmy Butler right there as well. I mean, I don't know, Webby. What what, what did you think of just the boost that Heat culture got?
0: I just love the run that they went on. I thought it was uh, – I mean, especially when you look at the Eastern Conference and all the teams that should have, could have uh, yeah. uh, made it as far as the Heat did. And, I mean, we talked ad nauseum about the, the Bucks and Giannis or – or the mm-hmm. Celtics and all the talent that they had at the top end of their roster or, or what Nick nurse had done with the Raptors or, but you're right. It's the heat culture that did it. And, and and being led by a guy like Jimmy Butler, who has a level of, I don't give a fuck and yeah. the skills to back it up that now, and I'm sure we're going to get to this soon, but, everybody always talks about Miami being a huge free uh, free agent destination because of Miami, because of that heat culture. But now free agents are going to look at what happened in the bubble and what this team did against uh, probably more talented competition and say, mm-hmm. well, if I go down there, I mean, we're going to have an excellent chance to win a chip. And you look at – I mean, we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but I, you know that Giannis is, must have been watching
1: right i think the thing too is is you know the resume speaks for itself but you got to know too as a star you got to want to work like that if you go to miami too right and i think it only fits a certain breed it fits it fits a certain type and if you're not about that life you might like I mean, it for one year you might like it for two years eye. right and it, it just was a, a perfect fit for Jimmy. And I just thought it, w- it was cool to see. And it was easy to root for as a basketball fan. Yeah. Right? Like, it was an easy squad to root for and even laugh at uh, the, the mean mug from Tyler Hero. Right? And you know Jimmy's just gassing him up. Like, it, it was just fun. It was good the times.
0: Other, the other really awesome thing about Jimmy was the, the jersey thing. Where, like, after certain games or certain rounds, like, he would wear Tyler Hero's high school jersey. He went to... Spo's jersey. Spo's jersey from the University of Portland. Like, that's the kind of teammate that, like all 30 teams or however, 32, 30 teams in the NBA would be salivating over Like that's the well, kind it, of
1: leader that you want, right? A key part to remember that might be forgotten from the bubble because there's so much information that was flying around pre-bubble, during the bubble, after the bubble. But One of the things a lot of people forget in terms of leadership, Jimmy Butler, the story was out there, in the pandemic, bought basketball nets – for the entire team and sent it to them wherever they were staying to make sure that they could still play ball and get shots up during the pandemic, wherever they were staying. That's another level of leadership. And I know people might say, Oh, that sounds kind of gimmicky or whatever. But when you hear things from which we've talked about on this pod, Pascal Siakam saying, I went a very long time without touching a basketball. And then you watch how he played in the bubble, but then you watch the heat. And again, this isn't a knock because we've discussed this before. I'm not knocking anybody for what they do in a pandemic, right? That's not the point I'm trying to make here. All I'm saying is when you take into account stories like that, and then you see the end result, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I get why the Miami Heat were in this position or why they might've been more prepared or better prepared than some other teams heading into the bubble. And the other team that we discussed as well was the Lakers, right? Remember, they had the secret workouts
0: at the uh, Staples Rich Dude's Center. house. Yeah, yes. at the Staples Center uh, replica, right?
1: Yes. As a reminder for people who might not have tuned into the pod when we talked about that, the Lakers were rumored to have been having these private workouts at some rich dude's house in Bel Air who supposedly has a replica Staples Center court in his house and you know the rumors were out there and jj reddick confirmed like yeah that is a place (laughs) like he's been to the guy's house before and got shots up or whatever so it makes sense when you see because so much of this bubble was different and it kind of leads into my next question here webby did that seem like an actual NBA finals or like a normal NBA finals to you? Like, how do you feel about bubble basketball just as a whole? Like when you watch that NBA finals, what did that mean to you? Did it mean the same as a normal finals?
0: I think honestly, man, it meant more just because it was so different and so put together. Like we didn't know if they were even going to be able to play the games, let alone (laughs) complete an entire rest of the season and playoffs or little bit of the season and then into playoffs. And then nobody knew, you know, what happens if one person gets sick, but the league did such a great job in creating this bubble that it was, I mean, I understand that they didn't have to travel or whatever, but being away from your family and being in a completely new situation for what, for decades has been the same thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe the two, three, two has changed or the two, two, one, one, one has changed, but you knew that you were going to get a couple of days off in between. You were going to travel. You were going to be able to stay in hotels. You were going to have your family with you. Like that was all understood and it was all well known. This Mm -hmm bubble finals was completely unknown to these guys and to have both of these teams perform at the level that they did in the bubble is a testament to both teams and even more to the Lakers that a guy like LeBron James can adapt to the situation and still his level of greatness rises to the top it doesn't matter if it's he's traveling it doesn't matter if it's here or there it's still LeBron and he's still going to uh, eviscerate you if you're the weaker opponent and that's what he did so I think that yeah, there should be no asterisks I, I, I don't think there will be uh, I think it was uh, a legit finals because I think honestly if we had played this out in the regular season most likely this is the finals that we probably would have seen
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so tough, man. And and it's weird. And, you know, I'm not going to go back on what I said from the very start of this bubble. I said asterisk final. I'm not going to play hindsight. I said that from the beginning going in. And I do kind of have the same opinion at the end of it. And I think when people say asterisk, you normally think that it means lesser than. Right. And that's not the case. Right. Like I I feel like it's asterisk in terms of anytime you see on a board and it says, 2020 NBA Finals, anytime we see the word 2020, sorry, the numbers 2020, we're going to be like, oh, okay, that was it. And so this finals, as you mentioned, was just different, right? And to me, a normal quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, NBA Finals, or playoffs for that matter, involves a superstar player going into another team's building and dragging their team to victory in a game that they probably shouldn't win when you're on the road and all your role players aren't giving you anything because they're shook ones because the crowd's going crazy and your, your star player just comes up big like that to me is the NBA playoffs and you know when I say that it's different I can't say whether Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson would do the same thing that they did in these playoffs against the Celtics and the Indiana Pacers. I can't say if they would have done that in a normal NBA playoffs. I don't know. Right. And I can't say it's better or worse. I can just say that it's different. And I think I'm okay with that. Right. Because it was different. You mentioned the the mental aspect. Think of us just personally in our own normal lives and the mind fuck that it's been being stuck in our houses or, you know, when it was, when it was, you know, you couldn't leave or you could only go for walks outside or only to the grocery store. Think about that mentality. And now say these guys have been in the bubble for like three months and you're only in that same spot, seeing the same people in your hotel room away from your family. If you got kids if you got a wife, how, like, I couldn't even imagine how insane that would be to make a mental run. And uh, we had Phil Handy on Tim and Sid today. And it was funny because one of the things he brought up was the most, he thought this going into the bubble. I thought it was so true. The two teams that are the most mentally tough would be the ones that would make it to the finals. Of course, we think about ability and who has the best team and who has the best players, but mental toughness would be the biggest factor that, You couldn't quantify before, but definitely after going through it, it's like, yeah, this is going to be a thing because there's so much that you would have to deal with being inside the bubble. And to see that be Miami and to see them lose two of their players and still bang out and still, you know, take that punch and come back, massive. On the flip side, for the Lakers to not get shook and blow the lead, right? After seeing it was so hard to kill Miami, it's just a great testament to both teams. And again, the other thing the, the is the asterisk the leaders, isn't disrespect. It's just different.
0: To the leaders of both teams, too, because you gotta have the guys in the locker room who are gonna hold you accountable and make sure, sure. that you're showing up, even in these weird and different times, to make sure that you're gonna show up and do your job. And like with the Ro- Lakers having, you know, from three to nine, their players mm-hmm. being complete role players, you know, that's Le- that's another testament to LeBron about having those guys ready to perform the way that he needs them to perform even in these like weird and uh, what is it strange and trying times in the NBA bubble.
1: Yo, when you brought that up, you know what I thought of? I thought of the Clippers. (laughs) Exactly. Just in terms of like, you know, the leadership within the locker room, the structure within the organization, it just wasn't there at all, right? And then you look at the other two teams and as you mentioned, the Heat and Lakers, it's complete opposite. And LeBron James, for example, like it's out there. It's known, right? It's been talked about in many different platforms already. One of the things that LeBron does with his team every year, I think it was Vogel that said this, LeBron sits everyone down and he says, hey, this is what we need from you. 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 And you're either going to rock with it or you're not, right? Like Kyrie couldn't handle that. Kyrie didn't want to be the little brother. And I get it and I understand it kind of like we were talking about heat culture, but at least there's no escaping what your role is with the Lakers. Caruso, we need you to play defense, knock down the open shot, run the pick and roll. No. That's your Get out in
0: transition. He was so good in transition, For man. For sure. For he sure. Unbelievable.
1: KCP, play hard defense, knock down open shot, shots. And it was just so apparent that as much as I ragged on their supporting cast, yo, man, those guys stepped up big.
0: And they knew exactly what they needed to do and they did it, you know, and that's like, that's how this series was, was won. like LeBron was going to get his Anthony Davis was going to get his, you knew that, but the way that they were going to win this series is if those role players played their role and that's what they did.
1: Yo, KCP was massive. Uh, What did you think of the whole Danny green, the end of game five, LeBron wide open shot? It's the right play LeBron passing to Danny green for the wide open shot and Danny green missing said wide open
0: shot. That wasn't the most egregious part of that play. Okay. The most egregious part of that play was Markeith Morris throwing the ball. I either in Orlando, he threw it to Gainesville. Yeah. Like Anthony Davis is not a small guy. It's, pretty easy to hit him in the Mm -hmm. post like that and it was it was one of the worst entry passes i've seen but obviously like late game but that's the right play for lebron drive it take it to a wide open danny green at the top of the key like you want danny green taking that shot no matter what Uh, i mean i get it and i will always understand i knew he was gonna miss it
1: i knew he was gonna (laughs) miss it but that's no, but play. I get the whole narrative of the right basketball play. And I, I get it. And I understand it. And LeBron is obviously one of the greatest to ever do it from that standpoint, right? Like he's always going to make the right basketball play But with that said, right. There's levels to this. As we say all the time, I got to make those shirts. There's levels to this in the sense that not everybody wants to smoke in the big moments, Right. There's a difference between knocking down a wide open shot in practice to knocking down a wide open shot in the regular season to knocking down a, a shot in game one to knocking down a shot in, you know, to win the NBA finals. Not everybody wants that smoke. So just because Danny Steve Green's Kerr wanted credit, it.
0: To Danny Green's credit, he I'm wanted saying. it. He It's not like he shied away from it. Again, everybody I knew he was going to miss it. But but it wasn't like he was going to pass that ball. Like he knew, but that he's been doing that all season, man. He's been not great, but he's been taking those shots.
1: He wasn't that good at all in this series. But the the thing to me is I'd much rather have, like I thought Dame Lillard's tweet was hilarious. Dame Lillard was like, I'm going to get the tweet because I don't want to mess it up. I I don't even want to paraphrase it. I want to make sure I get the correct I mean, when we're talking about Dame Dalla, first off, Listen, we you want to make sure
0: him, you don't want him to show up in your mentions, man. <laughs> you oh, don't. That is true.
1: That is definitely true. You want to make sure you quote Dame Dalla correctly because Dame Dalla is one of those dudes that he's he sees the Menchies, right? Yeah, he's, he's online.
0: Gonna, he's... And, uh, he and he is very online. He Dame and, um, and uh, CJ and CJ they're they're extremely online.
1: Extremely online, extremely gonna let you know what the hell is going on with them. What was sure. it? I'm
0: I'm trying, Jessica.
1: Oh yes, I forgot. No, about that, that was that favorite. was a really good one. That was a really good one. If people remember, that was uh, Jessica was calling out. Jessica was <laughs> calling out uh, CJ McCollum and the Blazers for losing in the playoffs every year, and CJ's response was, "I'm trying." I'm. Was it Jessica or Jennifer? Whatever it was. That was one and then, of them. And then remember they found her and like brought her on set for an interview with that's them, for sure. which, for sure. which is incredible. But the Dame Lillard tweet, it was funny. Someone asked him on Twitter, what did you think of, do you think Braun is wrong for passing? And Dame Lillard said, no, he made the right play, but I would have shot on both they ass <laughs> with <laughs> laughing emojis. And that's just what I mean in terms of, Not everybody wants to smoke like that. And that's not a negative thing because you're talking about the most elite level of basketball players. And when you're making the separations between the levels of greatness, that's one of the levels. Some people want that smoke. Some people might say they want that smoke, but it wasn't that long ago. In fact, it was last season in game six, of the NBA finals where Danny green got subbed in late in game six. If you remember, he got the ball in his hands and my guy turned shook ones really quick, tossed the ball out of bounds. And if not for Steph Curry missing a very good look, the Raptors could have been heading into a game seven, which could have been a whole other load of problems. So I just bring that up to say, Hey, not all guys might want that ball with the game on the line with the chip on the line. Just saying, Danny Green, it happens to a lot of people. It's not a disrespect, just an observation. I,
0: I just, I, I think he knew, like, even if he missed that, hey, you still got game six.
1: Yeah, you think you know. he, uh, I mean, maybe. But
0: The other uh, one was, he was walking, <laughs> I saw the tweet, it was like, of course he was going to miss this shot. And it was him walking into the pregame, uh, and he okay. had... Uh, What is it? Uh, He was playing, was it Young Boy NBA? Uh, But he didn't have the headphones in. He was just playing it, speakers. I totally missed that, yeah. You missed this? And then the guy, somebody was like, yeah, he was going to miss this. What an idiot. (laughs)
1: Danny (laughs) Green is a character.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You never like to see all the things that happen with the fans laker fans like reaching out to his wife and
1: saying so here, some here's, crazy here's stuff. what i'll say about that okay and this happens a lot in 2020 because nah. we saw it happen with pascal siakam there's gonna be like one or two idiot fans right and then They're that becomes a
0: name for themselves
1: but that becomes a narrative as if if you say something bad about danny green you're now lumped in with the idiots that take right. it too far And it's like, no, no, no. You can criticize him for missing a wide open shot (laughs) for winning the championship. You can criticize him for that because that's what happened. But there's a difference. Get the jokes off
0: without uh, threatening his wife.
1: Exactly. Get the jokes off, get the memes off, have a good time with it. Talk about the memes for sure. Right? But we all know that that's completely wrong. We all know that it's one or two idiots that are going to do it just so that they can text their friends and be like, Oh, see, they're talking about me. Someone asked about the, about Danny. Someone asked Danny Green about the text that I sent his wife. Ha ha. ha." And it's like, we're just giving the assholes attention.
0: Exactly.
1: Don't really need to do that. We know it's stupid. Nobody's really going to kill Danny Green or his wife over the, him missing a wide open shot. Like that's not gonna happen. I feel like I, I'm. I feel like I'm safe to say that, right? Like I don't think that's a thing that would actually happen. Like that's as. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that in 2020, but you know what I mean. I feel pretty safe saying that. Yes. Anyways, stupid people on the internet aren't going anywhere. Let's just know how to avoid that. Um, we talked about lumping things in. You know, lumping in groups of people when debates pop up, and obviously, there's a debate that goes on because it involves lebron james and he's in the nba finals again which means the here we go domain, again
0: it means here right? we go again
1: and no matter what happened in the series the slander was gonna come if they lost and the slander was still gonna come even if he won like there's, in a, there's a no-win situation. And me and you discussed this when The Last Dance was on and we did the recaps after each episode. We talked about it then, about how silly we thought the GOAT debate was for a multitude of reasons. But at the same time, we understand why it exists. Sports fans like to debate and discuss Of course, topics. there's
0: always got to be a best ever conversation.
1: For sure, and I get it. And I'll start here. What do you think about just the overall debate in terms of the GOAT? Like, are you here for it? I know we discussed it before and we weren't really, like, for the actual debate. But what do you think of it? Knowing that it's coming after every final that LeBron's in, what do you make of the debate at this point?
0: It's it's ridiculous. I, okay. I, I watched Shannon Sharp bring in an actual GOAT on set of... <laughs> undisputed it's yeah but you want to know what the truth is you want to know what the real goat is okay it's pti oh because all of these other shows that have these debates that fill up uh, their a b and c block with Mm -hmm. is lebron james the best ever they all owe a huge debt of gratitude to tony kornheiser and mike wilbon because they wouldn't be doing what they're doing without that show. I was watching it the other day, and I was like, why do people even watch uh, First Take or Undisputed or any of these debate shows when the best version of this is a half an hour? It's mm-hmm. not four hours. It's not three hours. It's not even one hour. It's half an hour of two old, crotchety sports writers who like, <laughs> are good buddies just yelling at each other for a half an hour. That's because- the GOAT. Yeah, it's like, man, you could argue in the face whether it's MJ or LeBron or Kareem, but the real the real truth of the matter in the NBA is, is that this sport, the reason why we love it too, is because it's not like baseball. Okay. Mm. It's not like football. The NBA is a fluid game. It has changed so much, not just in the last 50 or 60 years, but in the last 10 years. It's gone Five years, through yeah. A, a, an incredible change where it's a completely different sport now than it was when Michael Jordan was playing. Like yeah. it, it, you can't even compare the two eras. Uh, forget about that. You take it to LeBron to George Mikan from <laughs> like when the Lakers were in Minneapolis, it's, yeah. it's, it's not even in the same ballpark. Anymore. It's not the same sport. So it, co- trying to compare these two, or these three or these four players across different eras. It's like a fool's errand, but I'll tell you what it does. It fills up your A block. It fills up Mm -hmm. your B block. It fills up your C block. It gets people on your show so they can have their opinion. But honestly, I don't care. I'd rather see Mike and uh, Tony argue about it. That's the goat. That's that they should be arguing why they're not the goat show of these debate shows?
1: No, but I think, I think, there's enough respect put on those dudes' names for creating an entire industry, right? Industry, but yeah, how many and, and, jobs
0: are yeah. created because of those two. It's crazy.
1: I mean, for me, the biggest thing about the debate, the goat debate, is it doesn't. Ha- I I want to remind people of this, right? It doesn't have to take away from appreciating the greatness that we're currently watching. Of course, right? And I feel like you know. I had a great discussion with one of our our coworkers our former co-workers, Anise. Yeah. And it was funny because we were going back and forth. And at the end of it, I was just kind of like, yo, dude, I just like talking about basketball, right? Because, you know, you get into the debate. And at this point, the reason why I find it so comical and funny is because people are already on their their sides. Yeah. And no matter what happens, 90% of those people, that already have their take, aren't changing their opinion, right? They're either on Team MJ or Team LeBron, and nothing LeBron does is going to change it. It's like politics in the States. Yes.
0: You know what? Like, the Republicans could come out and say, we've just found a cure for cancer, and you're going to have 50% of the country saying, that's bull, we don't (laughs) like that, we hate that. Or, you know, the Democrats could come out and say, we've we're never going to have another war and you'll have 50%. of. It's like, it doesn't matter what one side or the other says people already have their stakes in the ground and they're going to argue until they're blue in the face. Like you're not going to change anybody's mind. Everybody's already made up. You you can't give me a LeBron stat that I'm going to be like, Oh, well, yeah, now I see your point. Mike, maybe Michael Jordan's not the best ever, you know?
1: Yeah. And like, my thing is, and we discussed this during the last dance and just to to bring it up here, it's like, the eras are just so different. Yeah. So to compare the two eras doesn't make sense. It's not the same game. The yeah. two guys weren't playing the same game. LeBron is great for different reasons, right? He's maximized you know, the game of basketball in a way different level than most people didn't even think possible. Like what Mike did in terms of being a brand and marketing the game, LeBron, he's like, it. he's taking it next level, but because he's in a different era, of Instagram, of Twitter, of media, and the debate shows, the hot take shows, right? And he's done such a great job with it. And so people think that just because, to me anyways, when the the, the argument gets stupid, is when people think just because you bring up a negative opinion on one of them or you bring up a point against one of them that means you say they suck and it's like no 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 no. 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 we're literally talking about the greatest ever like the margins are so slim when you're talking about who is the greatest ever that when i bring up which i did on twitter the 2011 nba finals right and people are like you're cherry picking i'm like it's the NBA finals. How could I be cherry picking from like, the NBA finals?
0: And it's like, <laughs> like I watched I watched LeBron James wilt in that series. Like right? I watched it with my own eyes, but it doesn't take away from him now becoming an absolute dominant force at the exactly. age of 35, 36 both
1: things are allowed to be true, yes. right? Yes. we contain <laughs> multitudes. <the> <laughs> we contain multitudes. Right, and, and because the, the, the tweet, I was like, 2011 NBA Finals leaders, Dwayne Wade, number one at 26 and a half points. Number two, Dirk Nowitzki, 26 points. Chris Bosh, number three at 18 and a half points. Number four, Jason Terry, 18 points. Number five, LeBron at 17.8 points per oh, game. He had an eight point game in an in eight. game four. He right? scored eight points. And again, people are like, well, why are you cherry picking one stat? I'm like, first off, we're talking about the best ever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're just talking about the NBA finals. So I've never seen Mike do that. Mike might've lost. But he's going down, dropping thirty pieces. One hundred percent. No matter he scored, who he
0: was losing to, I don't think he's when ever he ever scored losing. less than twenty in a finals game.
1: And so that's the margins. And just because you say that, it doesn't mean LeBron sucks. It means at worst, he's like one a, one B, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and for the record, too, and I say this to all people, okay, if you are, here's how to, a telltale sign of if you want to have the the actual goat debate. Because, hey, I'm here for the GOAT debate, right? You can have the debate. It's fun. It's jokes. But here's a telltale sign of whether you're wasting your time with the GOAT debate or not, right? Because I like having actual conversations, right? Telltale sign. If the person you are debating with actually holds LeBron losing in the finals to Golden State against him in their argument... Yeah. That person's just a LeBron hater, yeah. right? And that's okay. It just as long as they acknowledge that they're a LeBron hater, you can continue having the conversation. But I don't hold LeBron losing to the Warriors. Against Especially not him. with
0: some of those Cavalier teams that he had. One year he didn't even have when the first year he didn't have Kyrie or Kevin Love. He had yeah, Dellavedova. He took he took Dellie and Warriors Tristan team. Thompson.
1: It was Dellavedova. Della Tristan Thompson, Timofey Mozgov, and oh. J.R. Smith. Yeah, they, he took them to six, six games against six the Warriors. Games. Yeah, then he lost to the Warriors when they just did a better job of building a super team than LeBron did. Right. You know, so, if had, anything, it's the irony of LeBron creating the super teams, and it took a super team to beat him.
0: The um the best was somebody put up the like NBA Finals ABC poster uh, okay. from that finals that they lost. It, they got swept after Kyrie had left, and so yeah. it's like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, on the Warriors, and then on the Cavs side it was LeBron, Kyle Korver, and Kevin Love. No, no, who was it? Oh, Jordan Clarkson. Wow. And I was like, I was like, it's not, not even fair. Wow. I was like, yeah. you put you put Kyle Korver on the poster.
1: Well, they showed like who was on the court. Remember the J.R. Smith blunder where he forgets to score. Yeah, it's like who was on the court with LeBron then? George it's Hill, J.R. Smith, George Hill, LeBron, Kevin Love, and I think who's the fifth guy out there? I can't remember who the fifth guy was. But the the point <laughs> remains: like you're going out against Katie, <laughs> Clay, Steph, Draymond, and Iguodala, right? It's like I'm not gonna hold that against LeBron, but no what I am going to hold against LeBron is you can't show up to the NBA finals and get outscored by Jason Terry. Like I watched that with my own eyes. That was a thing that happened. So but the part like, of, but
0: that's, that's part of like the LeBron story then is like, of it, course. It, it's hitting those road bumps. It's, it's losing to Boston mm-hmm. and and no showing game six. It's then going to Miami and then losing 2011, but then but, finally getting over the hump. And then the, the the long streak that they had, where they almost they they what was it like twenty nine games, twenty eight games, and then the amazing series against San Antonio, and then losing against, but like it's the story it's part of, of the
1: story for sure.
0: Yeah, the the story of LeBron like has these these hurdles that he has to get over, and him overcoming those hardships that's part of it. But it's and, also and, you the know lesson. What? It's like Jordan had to do the same thing; he yeah. had to take the lumps against Detroit. He had to take the lumps against Cleveland. He had to get that injury, like going back, you know. It's all about uh, having those goals, not meeting them, and then coming back and smashing through them, you know. Like, that's what makes great players great.
1: Yeah, I just think for LeBron too, like the the thing about that, to me there's a lesson there. It's not even the knock and the failure. To me it's a lesson learned of – you know, maybe it wasn't a good idea to sit there and say not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Or fake like that cough shows when
0: Dirk had the flu
1: or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that kind of shows that they probably thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. And it wasn't easy, right? Winning so, the... Listen, winning the NBA championship is never easy. So he comes back. As you mentioned, he works harder. And I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that Heat team in year two. Yeah. Like that was in just insane. Because it's yes. still prime D Wade, right? And it's still obviously Prime, prime LeBron. Prime but it's Bosch where too. it's where Spo figured out, yo, LeBron, you're gonna work from like the foul line down. No mm-hmm. one can stop you in that area. <laughs> you then, just didn't he that like, kill.
0: Didn't he shoot like sixty percent, sixty five percent from the floor or something?
1: close to. I've never seen anything like that before. That 27-game win streak is one of the yeah. most insane things I've seen. Uh, and to go back – Did you I mean, go
0: – did you see them that season? Did you go live to a game?
1: Yeah, so I would have been – in that time, like, first off, LeBron's were, first year, I covered the Heat training yeah. camp in Miami. At They did it at this, like, military base – and that was one of the most insane things I've ever covered in my life. Like, there's so much media there. Uh, me and Glenn Sheeler shouts to Glenn Sheeler, shouts to and Glenn our camera guy, uh, Ryan Harris. Oh, shouts yeah, that was nice, right? Yeah. On. No, 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 you're thinking Ryan oh, Stratton.
0: Oh, Harris, yeah yeah, 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 Harris is with the Weather Network or something now,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. But that Miami heat trip was incredible. So, that year I would have covered. I was all over the Miami heat. I would have covered their training camp. I would have covered their first game in Boston, which was an insane it's scene. Nuts. Like the Boston crowd was just going crazy. Um, yeah. I covered that team top to bottom. That was when we made up the segment, the heat check,
0: the heat check. right?
1: So it we had not that fair, right? Yeah. Well, we covered because the team. Hell. So yeah, man, I like watching that team, watching literally every single game, it was a sight to see, right? And getting to cover that was obviously one of the high points of my career for sure. But LeBron James, and the other thing too, they knew how big of a deal it was at that time, right? Like I remember interviewing D-Wade and D-Wade saying, Hey, we were a traveling circus, right? Mm-hmm. No matter which, which town we went into, the media was there. It was a huge deal. It was a big deal. It was insane. And so when people rank the championships, and I want to get your take on this, ranking LeBron's championships, I still put this last one last. Like, I think the mm-hmm. order goes Cleveland- I think the, 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 the order of his championships, to me, in my opinion, Sheldon Alexander, I think it goes the Cleveland Championship first, then his first one in Miami, and then mm. the second one in Miami because the back-to-back is so difficult to do. It's so tough to do back-to-back. And I just think in that scenario with that team, the the target that was self-inflicted, right – Mm-hmm. target that they had on their back. They were playing playoff games for the third straight season in a row <laughs> or yeah. every single game night in, night out in the regular season. What like mattered. And no matter what you want to say about how this season went, it was just different. Right. And so uh... LeBron's in LA, the target is still on his back. Yes. Cause he's LeBron James, but it wasn't at the height. It was. It's, when he's on the hated Miami heat, it just, it just wasn't.
0: It's the it just age, wasn't. it's the age and it's the miles that get me. So I have also Cleveland's championship over the Warriors at number one with mm-hmm. a bullet. Absolutely. Then I have the championship against the Spurs uh, just because that team now second, with Ray, the second one with Ray Allen, like you say, winning the second half of the back-to-back is so tough. Okay. And then I have, but then I have this, Lakers won at three just because Ahead man, of his first one. Yeah, okay. just because the man is 35 years old, mm-hmm. 30, 35, 36. I, I forget. He's going to
1: turn, is. uh, he's going to turn 36 in December.
0: Like right now my back hurts and I'm 36. <laughs> and it's like, this man just went for, uh, t- what, what was it? 30, 12 and eight and a half. Uh, it, it, it's, he's like the longest tenured player in the NBA. Longest tenured player in the NBA or second longest
1: tenured he's player in the NBA? I don't know if he's the longest tenured, but he's got to be up there by
0: now. But he's in year 19, year 18, something 17. like
1: that. 17.
0: Like, to and to be the best, like not just the best player on his team, but the best player in the league. I know we talk about Giannis winning, but come on, man. Like, LeBron James is still the best player in the league in year seventeen, after how many playoff games, Olympics, post, he, dude, he's played more playoff games than what was it, two and a half regular seasons, and yeah. he's he never gets injured. So to do this at the age and the and the experience and the miles that he has on those legs it, it is incredible. I don't think we talk about that enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, what LeBron's done, obviously, like we've never seen anything remotely close to it. I think the stat is basically at this point he's played three extra seasons. It's three
0: extra seasons. I think I think
1: that's what it is. When you add close to three, yeah, that's insane, right? And you're right to be playing at the level that he's at. And I thought uh, he did a great interview with Scott Van Pelt after the game, where Van Pelt asked him, you know, he didn't ask him about the goat debate. He was like, what's your thoughts on old LeBron or 37-year-old LeBron compared to 27-year-old LeBron when he won the first chip? And LeBron's response was, oh, young LeBron wouldn't even have a chance, right? Like this LeBron is just older and wiser, and he's like, you don't don't even know what you're doing yet. You're all athletic and all that cool. You think you're good, but you don't even have a chance And I thought that was super interesting, but it makes sense. He just figures it out because LeBron is great at, you know, which I think is a thing you take from Mike, which we've seen before where you find the different motivation, right? So there was LeBron early on in the season, the hashtag washed king. (laughs) Remember that was a thing, right? He's good at finding these little narratives to keep – motivating him at this age because how do you keep yourself motivated after just being in the finals what yeah. the 10th time that, that's insane being right? the and best so obviously, player in the
0: league for 15 years
1: obviously you're chasing and chasing but that takes work every single day right the amount that my guy puts into his body spends over a million dollars a year just on his body that's insane and to put in all that work that has to count for so much, and that's where I think LeBron James is is the best. And uh, one thing I want to ask you though, the best of his era. Again, I'm not here to to argue about who the goat is. It goes, everyone has for their me. Own it stakes.
0: goes, it goes Russell, Kareem, uh, Magic, Bird, Tide, MJ, and then LeBron.
1: So you have LeBron as the greatest of all time.
0: No, 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 no. no. Just oh, you're like, going the opposite direction. Okay, no, I got no. you. Just chronologically, because oh, the sport,
1: I got you, I got you. Because the sport so, changes,
0: and honestly, you could probably yeah. throw a Magic and Bird tied. It probably just goes from Kareem into MJ. Yeah, but I just no, think I that you. Magic Bird were so important to the sport in getting it to the mainstream where it is now. I mean, even when Kareem was dominating and winning like five or six MVPs, games weren't necessarily. You didn't have Sunday afternoon ABC nba games you know but like, magic and bird were so important in in mainstreaming the nba and then Matt, uh jordan just took it from there and now yeah. it's in lebron's hands
1: i just think with lebron it's so interesting right because lebron made us all think of the game in a different way like when he drags that Cavs team to the finals in 2007 we're all forced to take a step back and be like wait Already. How did he do that? And like Booby Gibson is like their second best player.
0: Zilgowskis <laughs> yeah, right? like is like.
1: Right. That's insane. But you, but you know, that's why I say the comparisons to MJ and LeBron are just wrong because everyone's like, oh, well, young Jordan, he never did that. He was getting swept out of the playoffs and he was losing early on when LeBron was making the finals. And it's like, okay, cool. But if you really pay attention to that, who did LeBron beat to get to those finals? It was like Gilbert Arenas, Wizards,
0: uh, Vince Detroit Carter, team. and Jason
1: Kidds. Vince Carter and Jason Kidds, Nets, and then the Detroit Pistons team, which LeBron put up one of the greatest performances I've ever yeah. seen, for sure. But,
0: but Mike you're right; was, it was acting as East. if
1: Mike was losing to Scrubs. Mike was losing to Bird <laughs> to Bird yeah. Celtics and Isaiah's Pistons, right? Like those are Conference legendary win. teams.
0: The Eastern Conference when MJ was a young buck was as good as the Western Conference was when LeBron was coming up. But Le- Le- the but East the when LeBron is, was young was like Iverson and Vince, and that was it. I'm
1: j- but this is why I'm saying that the comparison is so ridiculous, right? Because under that standpoint, it's an argument that a lot of people make. Hey, LeBron got a team to the finals when he was really young. It's like, okay, cool. But under that comparison, you'd be saying that you think that LeBron James, Zildrunas Ogaskis team would be able to get by Larry Bird Celtics. And I mean, (laughs) you might think that, I don't, I don't know if you think that, but that just tells you how ridiculous a comparison is in eras. It's just different. And so when you are that level of great, you have to come up with things to motivate yourself. And one of the things that we saw this year was LeBron's final speech. And he's been good at giving speeches. Once he wins a championship, I always remember, you know, Doris Burke, the, the OG goat Doris Burke, when he was in Miami asking LeBron about what it feels like now to win after all the losses and all the negative things that were said about him after losing. And LeBron was just like, hey, amen, I'm just a kid from Macron, Ohio. And look at where I'm at now. I ain't got no worries. I always remember that. I ain't got no worries. I love it, right? So we fast forward to this championship. And my guy says, everybody just wants their respect. Right. And he goes through and he starts listing people. He says Lakers fans want their respect. Right. He says, uh Jeannie wants her respect. Rob Palenka wants his respect, even though Rob Palenka's in the background <laughs> nodding, like, yeah, 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 I do, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. But he closes it by saying, and I just want my damn respect too. Who is disrespecting LeBron James? At
0: this point? <laughs> this like this is like the Giannis uh, MVP thing.
1: Right? It it's just like, him looking <laughs> for motivation.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Like uh, cuz he's not talking about the uh, Skip Bayless and everything. Like yeah, LeBron, LeBron doesn't care about that. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. News flash, okay? For people who don't n- understand what happens with Skip Bayless and Stephen A, everybody's in on the shtick, Right? Yes. Stephen A, Skip and all the players in the NBA, right? LeBron is in on the Skip Bayless shtick. Nobody believes that. That is not a real thing. Everyone knows that it's just a gimmick. It's for entertainment. It's for TV. I thought we figured that out. Wasn't it last year the story came out? Because you know how Skip Bayless' thing was, he kept referring to Kawhi as number two. Yeah. But then someone like videotaped him and Uncle Dennis like laughing, laughing and chucking it up at like a boxing event or a UFC event or whatever it was. Don't we remember the I story remember when it came that. out? So that happened like last year. But anyways, the the point of what I'm the point of what I'm saying though is that like everyone's in on the bit. Like LeBron and them aren't really getting mad over what Skip Bayless says. That's not real to me. When he's talking about respect, LeBron told us after remember the interview. He said uh, it was one that he did for the uninterrupted for his own uh, his own brand. Mm-hmm. But he said after the 2016 championship, that's when he thought the debate was over and he was the greatest of all time. So if he's saying that before this championship, to me, when he says, I want my damn respect too, to me, the lack of respect in his mind is that people are still debating who the greatest of all time is. (laughs) Right. That's what I think. Because he told us that he thinks it's him. And so the fact that others don't think that after he wins another chip, Right clearly him winning another chip, he's like, yo, how are y'all still doubting me? That's who he's talking about, in my opinion. I could be wrong. No, no, uh, maybe I'll hit, right. <laughs> maybe yeah, I'll hit him on the text. Exactly. Maybe I'll hit him on the text to try to find out. But newsflash, ain't nobody cares about Skip Bayless. Shannon no. Sharp doesn't care about Skip Bayless. As you said, they had an actual goat on their set. <laughs> it's not serious. It's not real. That's professional wrestling. <laughs> That's what Skip Bayless is. It's
0: perfect. It's professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, and he's great at it, yeah. right?
0: He gets it's people hilarious. so mad.
1: It's hilarious. It's too funny. It's too funny, man. But yeah, man, I think the LeBron the LeBron thing, it's like make sure that while you're debating it, it doesn't take away from appreciating
0: exactly. what this
1: man is doing and what this man has done because it's, yeah. it's we an are, incredible ride.
0: We are all witnesses, right? Like, And this is an incredible – an incredible career, and it's not over. Like, the guy's gonna play another. I, what would you say? Another three years? Another so
1: four here's, years? Where do you think they go from here? Because to me, to be honest, if, if I, he goes to if, New I York. Have to, if I have to, you know, uh, bring out the, the, my, uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't Chris know why I'm drawing a blank here. But if, I, if I'm if i trying to, you know, get my prognostication on or my betting man on, you, you know, like what's going to be next for LeBron in terms of championships, I think this might be his last championship because here's the thing. The Lakers team is pretty good, right? Obviously. They're going to still be good next year.
0: They're going to bring people in.
1: Of course they are. Of course they are. But it's not going to be, like, how many more years of this LeBron can we still see? I'd say two, maybe three. But things we got to remember. The Clippers are still going to be good next year. The Warriors yeah. are coming back next year.
0: That's the big one.
1: What's KD and Kyrie's team going to be, like, at full? We don't know yet. Yeah. Right? But, like, there's you're adding – I'll put it to you this way. If next year, the Warriors and Nets met in the NBA Finals, would we be surprised?
0: I'd be surprised if the Nets made it.
1: You would? Yeah. But well, you wouldn't be stunned. like my. It's not like completely like, whoa, I can't believe it. Seriously? It'd be like pretty the, crazy, because who point, else do they have? No, but I'm saying the, the point is... They it's have just Steve like, Nash is their coach. Well, according to Kyrie, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm saying, like, when you add in two more legit teams to just like pencil in the Lakers again, no, I find that very tough to but do. But again,
0: we're going to have to wait to see what happens in free agency because I think that they're going to land somebody big.
1: See, yeah, yeah. It's, Somebody's
0: going to look at this situation and say, if they had me, we can win it again. What is again.
1: that? Is that like Zach Levine or something? Like, I don't even know mm. what that is. I don't like, that's what I'm saying. Like what quantifies as big now? And that's, what's going to be interesting is going to be Bradley Beal. Do they have the assets to do that? I don't think they do.
0: I don't know. Right. Uh, so
1: it's Kuzma yeah. didn't do much to help his assets. No, <laughs>
0: right? he did not. So
1: I don't know what, what that is in terms of who the guy is. The, the quote unquote star is that they need, but in reality, I don't even know if they need that. They might just need a high level three and D guy, like someone yeah. a little bit better than KCP. Yeah, and that might serve their
0: team more role players, more More like better role players. Yeah, Uh,
1: totally true, my dude. And you know what? I I enjoyed having this conversation with you about the NBA finals. Is there anything else you want to bring up, just NBA finals wise? I'm gonna miss it. Well, the bubble,
0: Rondo. Just putting it out there, Rondo, my guy. What unbelievable performance! I'm so happy they got him back. We talked about the role players. I thought Rondo was. He had some moments, man. He mm-hmm. had some moments. And playoff just, Rondo. And, and playoff Rondo was back. And then he put the icing on the cake, his son underage drinking on the court after the game was, was fantastic.
1: Huge was shouts to Rondo, man. And you know what? Again, that's a basketball nerd thing in terms of
0: I was I was how I, I had like a Twitter like rant of like yeah your favorite player scores 50 points in a playoff game my favorite player he goes one for seven has nine assists and five rebounds but impacts the game more than anybody else on the court like unbelievable what he was doing
1: it goes back to what i was saying right history won't remember this but the biggest part that rajon rondo added to the lakers team is that it it gave lebron a bit of a rest yeah LeBron didn't have to create the action, didn't have to create the play. Rondo came in it. in yeah. key situations, and he would run that pick and roll with Anthony Davis, and it was unstoppable.
0: And he played it was like, absolutely unstoppable. Not a great defender, but he forced turnovers. He knew where to be, solid get in enough. Passing lanes, yeah.
1: He took the disrespect when they'd leave him super wide open, and he knocked yeah, he, down the he three, three points, and he hit three triples in Game Six, man. Right. It was it was great to watch Rajon Rondo do something like that, and it, again, it comes back to you know the battle of stat nerds and the eye test. Mm-hmm. Playoff Rondo just hits the eye test as you can't account for people being vets and basketball IQ, and yeah. Rondo's value to the Lakers goes so far beyond the stat sheet. And you mentioned you you you're totally right, man. He was huge also
0: a career that had been in flux as well since he left boston he had basically been run out of uh uh two places dallas Dallas. and sacramento it was basically like his career was over and so to see him find a home Mm -hmm. with a one-time rival in lebron like you know that lebron had mad respect for him because he had some Big battles back in the day.
1: Well, the the key to that was Anthony Davis, right? Because one of Rondo's stops was in in New Orleans. Orleans. Yes, that's right. And that team, and he was with there Boogie, with him
0: and Boogie. Yeah,
1: they thought they could make a run, and they won around. And Boogie got hurt, and I saw him and Rondo in an interview talk about it. Like they thought they could have won a chip that year with that team. Rondo Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, Rondo, um, Quincy Condexter. yeah. No, I and AD, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, so you had that budding relationship, and AD talked about how important Rondo was in his development in terms of being a vet that kept pushing him and gassing mm-hmm. him, and you know, telling him how great he was and how hard he needed to keep working to live up to his greatness. And so you have AD telling you that, but also AD's got to be whispering that to LeBron too, yeah. in terms of yo, this is gonna work to cover up some of those wounds from. The Cavs, Celtics, Celtics, Heat rivalry. Yep. Paul Pierce still a hater of LeBron, although he started saying like really nice things about LeBron in these finals,
0: yes, right? Like he, did. he must
1: have talked to Rondo, and like they must have smoothed <laughs> some things over because all of funny. a sudden Paul Pierce was really nice.
0: It's funny they'll say nice things about LeBron before they ever say anything nice about Ray Allen.
1: But hold on, so how is it so? they give Rondo a slide just because enough times pass. It's the end of his career. But Who, Allen, because like, yeah, so like if you're KG all, and then
0: well, you're cool with Ron, Rondo
1: playing with LeBron.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was Allen leaving the Celtics to go there in the That's moment, yeah. in the moment. And they still don't talk to him.
1: It's incredible.
0: It's incredible. It's, so good. it's uh, the um, NBA is the best.
1: It really is the best. Cause you know, a lot of reasons to so pull off the bubble like they did and get yeah. that done and, and, you know, have the biggest scandal be whatever Daniel House was was say Daniel or <laughs> lemon pepper Lou, like <laughs> have those be the two biggest things, whatever, you know what I mean? Not a big deal. You had a bubble in which JR Smith, um, Dion waiters, JaVale McGee, <laughs> Dwight Howard were all on the same team. And that all was in ring. the bubble for the <laughs> longest time and nothing ha- like it was just it ended in a championship. That's incredible. It's Although crazy. shout out to uh, J.R. Smith's Instagram live after the finals. I don't know if you caught that. It was, Oh, I missed. oh it was oh. incredible. I thought his phone was going to just break because very early on in the celebration, he had it up and they were bumping some chief Keefe early on. <laughs> and like, they were just rapping like hard, like going ham. And I was like, yo, this is early on in the night. I don't know if this is going to last. But then a couple hours later, it showed them on the team bus going back. And he's still on live. And Quinn Cook is in the messages being like, hey, guys, the bus left me. <laughs> they left Quinn <laughs> Cook. And he's trying to get on and tell JR, like, hey, the bus left me. Like, How did I win a ring and the bus leaves me?
0: <laughs> Shame.
1: Shame incredible man you're right though the nba is the best
0: i I love your point that like when the chief keef comes on before like 10 it's gonna be it's gonna be a long night
1: you're thinking it's a problem man and lebron (laughs) and them are rapping in the background and shit like it was it was heavy man it was heavy they were going ham they were going amazing Um, so much fun, man. And overall, the bubble is a massive success. Shouts to Adam Silver as the story came out. Shams reported that Adam Silver was giving all of his NBA employees a like $1,000 bonus. Off. Yeah, $1,000 bonus and Fridays off plus Thanksgiving week off. Like the NBA, man, if, if we're just going off headlines – they win everything right like it's just such a well-run league and maybe we'll get into this another pod where we got more time to like talk about why all these tv ratings are just faulty like people need to stop listening to all these fake stories about ratings being down because the only stat i'll give you is this the top rated entertainment show on tv right from and this is from like forbes okay like It's not just something I read on some random dark web internet site. They did this whole breakdown into television ratings being down across the board and why. And so they go into cord cutting. And there's also a term called cord nevers. (laughs) But beyond that, the top rated show, okay, in terms of entertainment television, meaning the, the biggest show everybody watched from, I think, the 2018 television season was The Good Doctor the median age of people that watch that show,
0: uh, hold on.
1: 58 years old. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. median age of the average NBA fan is 42 years old. So common sense tells me <laughs> that there's a huge gap between those two numbers and yes. the people that have TV and cable and the people who don't. And as a lesson, as someone who does a podcast, that talks to that the target audience for that is just die hard raptor fans the amount of people that are writing in and telling me about the american feed because they're not watching cable
0: uh, right yeah like it, it, raising my hand is somebody who does not watch canadian raptor broadcasts
1: but my the point of what i'm making is like we got to understand that the tv ratings like does that mean, mean there's nobody watching like, no for- that's not it
0: that the, it's like the youngest demographic of the big four sports and these tv like these games are going up against nfl
1: games but also here's a real telltale sign about nba ratings if they put up the nba deal right now how yeah. much money are they getting for a new nba and that's TV the
0: contract? real number and that's the <laughs> right. real number
1: that's the only m- number that matters. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly. It's gonna. So, yeah, what'll happen is that'll go so up so much that they'll have to raise the salary cap again.
1: Totally, totally agree, man. Totally agree. There's just two last things I just want to mention here before we we uh, wrap things up, and I think the first will be uh, Nick Nurse, who did an interview. Nick Nurse, kind of doing the rounds because he has a book that's coming out got a right book. now. Yeah. So he's been doing the rounds, but he did an interview on the Woj Pod in which he told a story about the first time Kawhi Leonard spoke up in a Raptors film session. And so the story goes like this. He said that... um, The team was talking, they're watching film, and someone in the room was talking about, oh, we need better ball movement. The ball seems to be stopping here. We need ball movement. We need ball movement. And Nurse was describing it as, you know, ball movement sounds like something everyone describes. Like it sounds great when fans say it, or broadcasters say it, or coaches say it. It's just a cliche thing that everyone says right now in terms of ball movement. So we're in the film session watching it, and someone's saying, yeah, we need better ball movement. And then the first time Kawhi Leonard ever spoke up Kawhi puts up his hand and he says, I'm sorry, but I'm not passing the ball for the hell of it. And he didn't say hell. <laughs> Nick Nurse clarified. But, quote, I'm not passing the ball for the hell of it. My job is to score and draw double and triple teams. And when I do, then it's your job to score. <laughs> Close quote. That, my friends, is incredible. An and that's why we say there's levels to this shit. And some guys want the smoke and other guys don't. Yeah, my job, it. My job is it. to score <laughs> and to draw double. And when triple I draw T. the
0: triple team, then it's your <laughs> job to score.
1: <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Uh, and the one last thing, Webby, the one last thing, I just want to give a salute to the WNBA. Yes, absolutely. First off, we are basketball fans here on this Ball on Blast podcast. And the WNBA, if we are going to applaud the NBA for what they accomplished in their bubble, the WNBA did that and more. If we're talking about the, the social justice movement and what the WNBA did in terms of that, also for bringing up LeBron James for him winning in year 17, we got to put some respect on Sue Bird's name as well. Sue who Bird, also...
0: unbelievable.
1: She also won her fourth chip in year 17 to add to four-time Olympic gold, four-time world championship, four-time WA championship, then add in five Euro League titles, five Russian League titles, and two NCAA national titles. And she might not even be, she might not even be, I mean, her resume is the best on her team, but Brianna Stewart's is like on her way there. Yes. <laughs> Coming back from an Achilles tear. So if you like ball, which we do here. Just want to give a salute to the WNBA
0: as yeah, well. Yeah, Sue Bird, unbelievable. I, like, I've got a daughter uh, eight mm-hmm. weeks old. I'm, I'm getting Sue Bird YouTube clips ready as soon as she can, <laughs> like, start looking at the screen. We're just gonna get Sue Bird's game into Ivy. We're gonna have a future WNBA star coming out of the Webster household for sure.
1: And it's so crazy too for me because to start this pandemic. Um, one of the things I was watching so much was Sue Bird and Megan Rapino, her girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Like, U.S. soccer. They're like podcast star. or whatever. Yeah, they had a great ig live show that they had running every saturday night during the pandemic and i was watching it. it was super fun they all live on youtube i'm pretty sure so you can watch them there but yeah. like her personality is just so They're dope as amazing. well. amazing
0: yeah yeah like, both of them are so crazy
1: yeah man she does a shoe check-in where she's showing all her crazy kicks that she has as well she's a crazy ball like it's just anyone that loves basketball you got to love Sue Bird just as much as you love LeBron because it's people that love the game of basketball, dedicated their life to the game of basketball and put in the work. And I've said this before on this pod, whatever you, you like or dislike about LeBron, the truest thing he's ever said that I've always remembered for myself in life as well, a life lesson. My guy says, when you put in the work, you're able to live with the results. Right. And so when right. you know the work that you put in and whatever you're doing, you're okay with whatever happens after that, because you know that you did what you could to get said results. When you put in the work, you're able to live with the results. And he says, I trust the work that I put in. I think that's a high note for us. To
0: that's end where podcast. we leave it, man. That's where <laughs> we leave it.
1: Right. There's no better way to, to end it than it. that. Right? Mr. Webster, where can the people find you if they're trying to to hit you up now that there's no basketball going on and I'll oh. be trying to watch I guess The Bachelorette. I guess I'll be watching The Bachelor. Oh, was
0: Bachelorette starting? It's like, back. I think it started tonight. Do we actually. do we Bachelorette on Blast or or what's up with this?
1: I don't want to say too much because in the back of my mind I have been kicking something around and I just don't have the balls to do it. <laughs> but
0: is it our girls? Is it our girls retrospective podcast where we go and watch every girls episode again?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know. We'll, no, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with cause something. Because literally at Sportsnet, the only other person there who ever watched Girls was Sheldon Alexander.
1: No, that's not true. I would maybe Tim, maybe Timmy. But I would come Hold in. Hold on, LT for sure. I would assume LT has my LT back in <laughs> bad TV watching for sure. But I would come
0: in and watch Girl because I I'll admit it. I watch that Lena Dunham show all the time, and you and I would have sit down conversations about what yep. was happening in Girls.
1: Hey man, we're just we just like television, right? We consume it, man. Absolutely. Shouts to Girls. Shouts to Insecure. Shouts to Succession. Oh, Shouts Fargo, to Fargo, like, man.
0: We gotta get you on Fargo. Seen, Fargo season four with uh, Chris Rock is amazing.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I'll add it to the list, I'll add it to the list. Where can the people hit you up, man?
0: Yes, absolutely, on Twitter and Instagram, it's the same. Uh, Come to Instagram for pictures of my uh, adorable eight-week-old daughter Ivy. Uh, She is the best. Uh, Both uh, Twitter and Instagram, at AWebster84.
1: And my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Like and follow as well on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube. Like and subscribe, man. I mean... I guess, you know, we'll still keep going when there's NBA news. There's We're going to do a pod. When there's news. We're going to be talking about stuff for sure. But, you know, with this being the end of the season, you know, I do got to say thank you again to you, Mr. Andrew Webster, oh. for making yourself available to do thank the pod you. each and every week and talk basketball. It's been a lot of fun, man. I really enjoy it and also and take Thank the, the listeners
0: thank the listeners yeah. man for people to hit me up or like yeah. it's great we wouldn't be doing it without you for
1: sure well, that's exactly what would. i was gonna say man i mean we do it because it's fun we we worked in the industry for a long time and talked to each other about sports for a long time so it's fun a lot to of get basketball together. games yeah and talk shit and it and the fact that people actually listen to it Isn't is also amazing. great my I had a buddy call me actually couple weeks ago i had a buddy call me at like 2 20 in the afternoon (laughs) completely random i looked at my phone and i'm like this is weird why is he calling me at this time and i pick up my phone he's like yo i'm so glad you you picked up the phone i'm like yo what's going on this is random he's like i was walking down the street and all of a sudden i just heard your voice i didn't know what was going on and i looked around and there was a dude listening to the podcast on speakerphone
0: (laughs) it was danny green (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh wow it was Danny Green <laughs> it was not Danny Green but it was amazing. <laughs> just and I was holding just holding like, it up to his head and so my boy called me he's like yo I had to call you and just tell you that story because it tripped me out right and I'm like yo man that's awesome and you know it's just we do this podcast because we love it because it's fun and we love the interaction. Right, We love the interaction with the people um, Just telling us their opinions as well Because yes, we've worked in the industry for a long time I mean, my first year in the industry Was LeBron's rookie year I was interning on Court cuts and CIS football Amazing the very beginning, right? So, years year 17 In this industry, covering basketball Covering the NBA from all different angles And this has been so much fun Doing that so huge shouts to the people that rock with us and follow ball and enjoy basketball with us each and every week. We'll still be here breaking stuff down when the rumors come because they will come. Free
0: agency, yeah, all that stuff Draft. It's going to happen. It's a 24-hour, 12-month-a-year sport, man.
1: Can't wait for all of that, for sure. It's going to be so much fun. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Guys and gals, following, liking, and subscribing to the content. Really appreciate y'all. And as we always say to close out each and every podcast, I say it because I mean it really did. used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes.
0: Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Paula.